Welcome back to LMB Podcast. Andy Wiegand, Vice President and Eastern PA's Branch Manager, is the definition of a servant leader. His take on team dynamics and growth provides an insightful perspective on your role as a team member in our organization. And team leaders, you're going to want to hear his tips and tricks for motivating, inspiring, and managing conflict within a team. Hang on until the end to hear the Limbach trivia and a chance to win some cash money to our company store. I'm your host, Katie Mystery from Learning and Engagement. All right, let's get started, shall we? Andy, welcome. This is such a fun topic, and I especially love when different branch leaders give their perspective of it. So thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. So in your opinion and experience, what makes a great team? So I, I think a great team, it's, there's, there's probably a couple different levels of, of a great team. I think there's, there's great leadership that has to be part of the great team. Um, there's great communication. Um, you know, the, the team has to function on very similar goals or, you know, I would say rowing in this, you know, in the same boat in the same direction. Um, yeah. they, they have to have, be motivated um, in the same aspects for the same, you know, same results, I would say. So I, I think it starts with leadership, and then I think it seems with setting goals, expectations, and managing to them, um, and, and sharing those goals and sharing those team goals. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. And part of great team life is growing together, right? Growing um, to achieve those goals, to, like you said, it starts with leadership to inspire that. But I think we should define, when we say, you know, a team grows together, what do you mean by growth? What does that look like? Well, I think there's two things of growth. I think people grow, you know, people think that growth is a financial growth or, mm-hmm. or stability and you're, you're growing together. It's, you know, it, it's not that it's just, it, it's the communication and the, and, and the, I, I'd say the teamwork. I know it's a little bit of a, you know, easy to say that, but it's just, you have to monitor the fact that they actually are functioning on their own without leadership being on them all the time. It's almost like yeah. they're self, self-managing in how they, they function together. Um, to me, that's growth. I mean, it's the communication is open, dialogue's open, the, the honesty with each other is open. Um, it's really having the comfort level with who you work next to um, and, and you have trust in. I mean, that's, that's really mm-hmm. the definition of actually growing a team. It's a, um, it tends to really get stuck on the financial aspects of it a lot of times, but it's yeah. not that. I think, I think it really is how they, how they work functionally together and, and, and actually pick each other up you know, when they need to be done without an actual leader having to do that and step in. So. Interesting. So that's a, that's getting at your philosophy of leadership there. I mean, you, you seem to, to follow like a democratic style of leadership where yes, there's oversight, but you want the team to manage themselves in a sense. And, and you're just providing a little bit of guidance here and there. Am, am I hearing you right? Yeah. You have to be a visionary. You have to have somebody who has the visionary and you have to look ahead and, you know, how they self-manage each other, you know, through the process. Now you have to have, you got to be in there. You got to keep stressing it. It's got to be, yeah. you know, organization behind it and discipline, you know, the meetings, everybody has to show up to the meetings on time, whatever that might be. But you have to, you know, you don't want to go in there and be, and being the referee all the time. And, and you want them to be able to referee themselves. And maybe that's a strong word, but there's, they got to be able oh, to work out their, sense. yeah, you got to work out their problems or work out the solutions um, before, you know, and not have to come to and rely on the leader to make all the decisions. And I think that's, it's exciting when that happens, when they're actually mm-hmm. coming to you for a, 
hey, we came up with this kind of problem. Here's the solution we came up with together. Right. What do you think? That's, that is when they're functioning on a high level. How do you put a team like that together? How do you know that people are going to gel? Because that would be, you know, in the perfect world, that would happen. But... You, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. And it's, it's um, I, I think it starts with having, you know, open dialogue with everybody and, and in the room together. Um, you got to start the discipline and you have to set your expectations of what you're looking for. Uh, but you don't know. Every personality is different. We do, mm-hmm. you know, we do the disc analysis, which is very, you know, it's great for um, personality. You get to know somebody's strengths and weaknesses, but you also get to know the people and how they function if you really dive into it. And um, I did something here a couple of years ago where I actually got everybody's disc analysis and I, I, with their permission, I handed them out to their, I would say their team members. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to understand how you, how you have to communicate with certain individuals, you know, certain individuals just want to get to the point. They don't want to, they don't want to go around the soft stuff. They don't want to be sold on things and they just want to hear what the, you know, right to it. And if you don't do that with those individuals, they get frustrated with the conversation. And I think it's important for another team member to understand that. So when you're going to go speak to somebody, you know exactly how to speak to that individual and what tick makes them yeah, tick. And it's point. a, it is, it's interesting. Um, but it really is a personal thing. It's just a, it's, it's a personal dynamic. It's how people function. It's just the way, and it's nothing wrong or right, mm-hmm. especially with disc analysis. I think we analyze it, but it's just the way they function and the way they think. And, when you learn how someone else next to you is, is going to function, it's a little easier to communicate with them. So what's the feedback you got from that exercise? Did people like knowing that? Well, we had a lot of fun with it when we did it. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of you kind of open it up and say, you yeah, know, this guy's a high D and you can, you know, he's, yeah. you know he's, a, he's a pain in the ass to work with and this right. and that and <laughs> he wants these answers. So you have a lot of fun with it. I think it was, you know, it was more of a casual conversation, but I do think there was some awareness to it too. You know, I think there was. And, it, and actually, yeah. It's funny through this conversation, and you brought this up. I'm like, I need to do that again, right? It was something that was really healthy for a team a couple of years ago. But it's, you know, and it's everybody has their own driving forces and their own personalities, and everybody's driven by different things. It could be money or just recognition, and and I think people need to know that when they're speaking with people, you know. And I do think leaders need to know that as well. I think it's important to understand, you know, how people tick and what they, you know. And what's really driving them and what's the every day? What do they get up for every day? Why, why are they getting up yeah. every day? And I think it's open dialogue, Well, I mean, it also, it sounds like what you're talking about is personal leadership too. I mean, there's obviously, there's going to be a leader who, who in a sense rises above, but to guide and to direct, but there's also a component of it where I have to self-motivate or I have to take it upon myself in some respect to get to know these people or to get the job done. And the people, it's based on what you're saying, the people that do that to get the job done, but also do that to get to know their teammates, they're the successful teams. That's right. That's right. They have to, you know, it's very, you know, and and especially in our industry and the way it works, it's, you know, there's not too many individuals that you're not performing by yourself. There's always, there's always functions and always, yeah, there's always a support piece for you to do things. And, you know, even, even the sales teams, you think they're individual and they get, they, you know, get compensated individual performance. It's not that there's a lot of things that have to happen, you know, for that salesperson to be successful. I mean, it's really operations behind it or, or, you know, or accounting and, you know, you know, account it's just, it's, everybody has some kind of level that they're, they got to rely on somebody else. So it's, it's that team health building. You have to just, you got to trust each other. Mm, Yeah. Easier said than done though. (laughs) 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 That's the rub. So what is, you know, beyond the, beyond the team that you're on now and the team that you lead, What's the best team you've ever been on? Because it sounds like you have a very clear focus of what makes 
great teams, but how did you get to that focus? I mean, how did you get well, to that point? Obviously, so I'll take, I'll take Limbach away and, and where mm-hmm. we're at today. So I think early in my career, I had, I had the opportunity to um, take on a, you know, a project and, and it was able to build my team up. Um, and this is earlier on in my team. You, you learn it pretty quickly that you just put pieces together. Um, and we use the word right person, right seat a lot, but it's, you know, in our EOS process, but we, you got to find what the strengths are, what they're, you know, what they're capable of doing mm-hmm. um, as well. And, and I think I went through that process years ago and I just really wanted to align, you know, I was given certain people and that was all I was given to do the task. And, and I had to figure out what their strengths and weaknesses were. Ah. And, I did, and I did very quickly. Um, and, and you learned it and you put them in the right, right positions to succeed. And we all had all on the same page. We had a similar goals to get to the finish line. And, you know, you know, this specific thing was, you know, running a bunch of work in a short amount of time and, and making money for the company. And those goals were very, very clear, um, very organized, over-communicated, but we had, we had our parts and defined very well on how we were going to perform that. For mm-hmm. example, um, we had one individual who was very good with communicating with the customers and behind the scenes, he wasn't, he wasn't great at doing paperwork and, and those things. So we used, that individual go out and make sure the customer is satisfied every day. And it's, we all kind of came together and said, these are the pieces that we need to do to get this thing done. And, and we did. And again, that was a little bit of a short term goal because it's job that, you know, a specific project, but, um, but that you have to look at it in those terms. You've got to make sure that you're using and, you know, and using the strength of the individuals to get your common goals done. Yeah. So how did you do that research? Was it observation? Did you sit and talk with each person to try and get to know them a little bit more? What was the process? So that process was there. That was, that was, that was get to know them. Um, it was a little bit trial by error, right? You yeah. don't know. You're going to get that. And you're going to have to see how it goes. So there were some failures to get to there, right? And I was calling them failures, but there were some missteps and, and you, you learn that actually through the process. I think going through conversations, understanding some, some of these personalities is great. But you're not going to know until they got put in a situation and how they're going to react to something. Right. And so, and that's tough. Sometimes that takes a long time to figure out. This in this particular case, I didn't have we didn't have that that long of time. So it was I was very you know aware of what we had to do, and, and we figured it out pretty quickly. Um, I would also say this that we had open communication about it, saying mm. in a room, you're not great at this, you handle this, and I think everybody was on the same page of you know how it was going to function. So. Again, like I said, a little trial by error, but um, but you got to keep your eyes open to it. You got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's important for people to hear too. That it's not going to be perfect right off the bat. Like it's it's going to take effort. It's going to take you know active listening and engagement, and sometimes failing, and that's okay. And as a leader, you have to learn. You have to just you're learning as you're going. You're constantly learning and and understanding, and you just have to react to what you're you know what information you're getting, you know, and how to react to it. So it's, yeah, it's constant. You're constantly learning and evolving. It's just, you know, it's fun. You know, when it works well, it's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And getting to that point where you're like, this is a great team is so rewarding. I mean, that's, that's motivation in and of itself to keep doing this. Um, but so these real life examples, they're, they're critical to helping the rest of us see the power in great teams and team dynamics and growth. But I'm going to awkwardly transition here to one of our fun segments. Um, it's called Would You Rather. Have you ever heard of that game? I have, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, this segment, I think, it helps our listeners get to know you a bit more. And in, in some roundabout way, it actually does relate to our topic today. So are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. 
Would you rather? Okay, here it is. Would you rather have all traffic lights you approach be green or never have to stand in line again? Oh, traffic lights for sure. <laughs> okay, why? Talk me through I, I your just, thoughts. Well, why my thoughts? Because I'm in the car three hours a day. It's oh, not, yeah, that, that's sure. really what it comes down to. I'm in the car. I'd rather just get, get to point A to point B and, and have that patience. Waiting in line is not... I don't like it. That's for sure. I, yeah. I would just I would avoid the line and walk away, not go into the line, but uh, or just not go into the event. But it's just yeah, the traffic is is something that's a pet peeve for me anyway because it's every it's a real thing for me. This is so it's so funny too because I just did a personality test in one of our work from home webinars um, that we're doing, and one of the personality types is you know traffic doesn't really bother me. Like it's it's part of the journey and. It gives me time to my thoughts. And then the other personality type, which is mine, is, and it sounds like it might be yours too, is like, are you kidding me? Like, this yeah. is getting in my way. <laughs> it's, it's getting in my way. There, there is some times where you're in the car and you can, you can do a little self-reflection and, and kind of get yourself up for the day. But most of the time, I just want to get to where I need to get to. It's the stop and go. I, I just, yeah. I can't, I mean, I think this is an interesting would you rather because when we talk about teams, and team growth, there are teams who are like, go, 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 and nothing's going to get in my way. And then there's other teams that are like, you know, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to get it done, but I'm going to do it in, in my own way. And and I've been part of some teams who have, you know, even individuals like this, but the team is not like that as a whole, which, and that can often cause some conflict. So, so what about those individuals on a team? How do people engage with one another, you know, in spite of conflict and despite conflict? Sure. So conflict's there. It's always, yeah. there's always conflict. There's always a, um, to, to the positives I said, Hey, get to know the personalities. There's, there's not, everybody's different. I mean, there's not one person that's different. Everybody takes a little bit differently. Everybody has the motivations that are different and that does cause conflict. It's, um, I, I think conflict sometimes is self-awareness of, of what you're doing to and how you're acting and how you're not thinking about, how the other person is going to react to that. That causes most of the conflict. It's, yeah. you know, it's, you know, stepping over your lines, not understanding it. I do truly believe that people do not are look, not looking for conflict. They don't mm -hmm. want that in their life. I mean, I, there's definitely certain people that, that strive on it and maybe they're not the right person for our business, but I don't think people are looking for conflict. I think people are, um, I just think they're blinded sometimes about their actions and not how it, how it affects the person around them. And, the, the only way to keep that healthy and do that is just have the open dialogue. If you, if you do, and, and people don't like the conflict, you know, they just don't like to even confront it. But when you're upset, you, you got to put it out there. You got to put it out yeah. there to that individual. Not the easy thing to do, right? And um, unfortunately, when you're a leader, like myself, sometimes you do have to get in there and referee those situations mm -hmm. um, and, and work through it. And it's, it's something that's probably there, you know, too much, but it's just, that's us dealing with personalities. I mean, that's, that's probably hard to Hardest thing we do as leaders. So, but go behind the scenes with me here because I think, you know, I'm curious and I'm sure other team members will be curious. If there's a toxic team member and everybody's kind of, at some point or another, you're hearing about this and you're saying, you know, I know it's this one person. What, what happens behind the scenes? Because you can't just be like, you're out. I mean, what's the process that you go through as a leader? Well, so you have to, you have to make the person self-aware that this is what they're yeah. doing. This is what's happening. And again, as a leader, it's not an easy conversation either. You know, you're, you're. Right. You're trying to be as, you know, as forward with them and, and sometimes you're not and sometimes you are because you're, you're, you're reacting off emotions and people get very upset by it. Mm -hmm. um, it's not an easy thing, but you're, as a leader, you're the one who has to put that out there and, you know, and it's happened. And then, and then when the person's too toxic and, 
you know, and it's just, they don't get it. You have to exit them, you know, and, yeah. and there's, you know, there's been cases, unfortunately, in my career, I have had to do that. And it's, um, it's not an easy thing to do, but the best thing you do is try to work with them and make them self-aware. I think it's really a self-awareness of what they're doing. And sometimes they, they're aware of what they're doing and they don't care. And that's, to me, that's the toxic. Yeah. That's okay. The toxic thing. Yeah. That's the differentiator right there. That's the differentiator. Yeah. They just don't understand it. They don't care. They're going to keep pushing forward. Um, you know, and it's, that's where it becomes, they just don't get it or they just can't learn or they can't adapt. And, you know, you got to act them. So when you're looking at your teams and your branch and, and you're seeing, all right, this is a successful team. This team's working on it. They're getting there. Um, I'm, it sounds like you have grace for those teams because you're like, I understand the struggle that it is to go through, you know, team growth and dynamics. And I understand the conflict of it. Um, and you're not going to take drastic action until it's warranted, right? Like there's, there's always room for growth, hopefully. That's the mindset. Well, there always is. There's always, you know, can you, can you, um, you know, get that person to or get the team or, or the individual to where they need to get to with coaching and, you know, um, and guidance yeah. and, and self-awareness. And um, I've had some cases here that's able to, you know, we are able to do that. And there's obviously other cases you can't. So it's just mm-hmm. one as a leader, you have to be aware of it and you have to listen and pay attention and you have to kind of, you know, maneuver through the, you know, minutia of that and, and figure out what the, what the really the cause and effect are, because there's a lot of, a lot of people get emotional and you have to get, you got to get through the emotion to rip them apart and then, and get to really what the real true issue is and what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and then you have to figure out how to work with the individual and, and then you put your time in and see if you can actually make it work. I, you know, you got to, you got to self, you know, as a leader, got to self-regulate that time, not to put too much time in there and thinking and being too optimistic. It's hard. I'm an optimistic guy. It's very hard yeah. for me to get to that point. Um, and thinking they're making struggles and, and, you know, are not getting, getting through their struggles, excuse me. And, and it's just not working. And sometimes, you know, you just got to cut the cord sooner. You just got to cut it, but it's not easy. So, so being an optimistic person, because I can resonate with that. I've found in my life, you know, keeping someone in my inner circle who is maybe, I don't want to say glass half full, but more of a realist (laughs) is really helpful. And I think that might get to your point about team roles and how it's so important to have, even if they're unsaid roles on a team. I mean, so what do you have somebody in your, it could be, I mean, business, but life too, who plays that role for you. And and is that important for everybody to find that, you know, yin and yang? It is. You have, you have to have that. You got to be, I mean, you know, you have to understand, you have to be very self-aware of who you are as well, you yeah. know, as a leader. Oh, and that takes yeah. time too. It's not, that's through trial and error too. It's the same concept we were talking earlier. I don't, you know, you got to go through it. You got to listen. You got to be able to go through all the, the leadership training that we go through and mm-hmm. understand yourself. So you are surrounding your people, you know, self with good people. Like you, or whatever your faults are, you got to have some backup with it. I don't care if it's, you know, being too optimistic or not. And you have to do that. And, you know, I, that's an everyday thing for me. You just have to, you have to look at it and figure out what that, you know, what those other counterparts are. Um, and, and truthfully, uh, you know, you become an optimistic person and you hate to hear negativity and it's, it's tough, yeah. but you have to hear it and you got to be able to accept it uh, and listen. And it's not, it's not an easy, it's not easy. I just, you know, no one really likes, you know, me response to everyone. Like, so I just, the negative, you know, mm-hmm. vibes and things like that, you have to listen and accept it and not just blow them off. And that's sometimes it's hard to do. Ooh. For sure. I mean, what you're saying is it's emotional intelligence, it's self-awareness and social awareness. And that is, that is definitely not an easy skill. <laughs> um, so I, 
I've asked others this before, and I'm I'm always fascinated by the answer because the, this issue has become so relevant and it isn't going away anytime soon. But how does a virtual team or or a hybrid team handle these same challenges and issues presented by growing with one another? I, you know, I think it, okay, great question. Um, I, I I don't know. I think I think over communication, you know, is yeah. is the key there. I. It's so new to us of uh, what we're going through right now. Um, I don't know if we really know the how it's going to work, you know, going forward. I, I don't, and again, I don't want to be, you know, again, I'm being optimistic, be, be Debbie Downer there. I just, yeah. I have my, I have my concerns that, um, you know, it's not real. I think seeing someone's face and being able to see someone's expression, hand motion, things like that, are very important for communication. It's just not verbal, and I think that it's going to be a challenge. Um, but. I think people are starting to be aware of it. I think the more education we give them on how to interact with your team, you know, your team members um, in a virtual aspect, I think that's going to be important. I think there's the messaging that has to get out there. Um, unfortunately, I think we're going to live in this world for, for longer than we want to. And we're going to have to deal with it mm-hmm. for a while. And we're going to have to deal with it. And um, as uncomfortable as it is to see yourself on screen and <laughs> in the little right-hand corner sometimes, but to be able to see people's faces are, are pretty vital. I mean, it's, it's, you know, so I think it's going to be a challenge. Okay, I, I don't think I have a real answer for you how that's going to how it's going to look or not. I think it's just a self awareness that, you know, you're going to have to be you know very open communication and and over communicate. Um, and again, that might be uncomfortable for people. No, but that does answer the question because it's very we. I think intuitively, or anyone who's gone through team training or leadership training, they know I have to communicate. I have to, I have to show, you know, or tell what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, because people can't read my mind. But I think you're right. When you put a screen in front of someone, it almost feels like there is a, there is a physical barrier, but there feels like an emotional barrier too, because you're like, well, this isn't real life. So, so even being able to see somebody, you know, in your subconscious that this isn't real (laughs) or you think that way. And so that is going to be a challenge and I do think education is going to help, but what are, what are some things you've done with your team? I mean, are you guys using video chat? Do you have other? Yeah, we are. Um, we're using, you know, obviously the Google Hangouts we're using and, and mm-hmm. the Zoom when we need to. And, um, and, and actually you're sitting there and what's frustrating is that some, it's very easy for someone to click you off to say, Hey, there's no, you know, you can turn the video off when you yeah. need to turn the video off. And that's something we have to manage through. And we, and you know, on a weekly basis and, Hey, put the video back up and you're talking about it because it is, is something that, you know, you got to keep working on. You got to stress it. We don't, you know, I get it. Some people working from home and their dog walks in or, or their <laughs> right. daughter walks in and need to turn the video off. And that's just going to be common for now. But, you know, when there's hard questions and there's some debates that are going on, you, you get the feeling, especially when I'm running meetings, you get the feeling they're not paying attention. They're, they're disengaged. Mm-hmm. They're disengaged. And, and you know, and, and there probably are in some cases they're disengaged. So that's, that's the struggle. You're going to have to just put the ground rules up front and get going. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're trying to do the best we can with it and attempt to it, but it's going to be, it's going to be practice. I think it's just going to be a practice thing and people are going to have to get used to it. For sure. Uh, there's a Harvard Business Review article floating around out there that, that gets to this important issue regarding virtual team growth. And, and I think it's commonplace to think that working from home is is more likely to reduce motivation too. And and they cite that team members, they cite three things. Team members need to play. They need to know their own potential 
and their purpose, so it's the three Ps, to stay motivated. Um, what do you think about those three Ps? Play, potential, purpose. Well, play is interesting. Play is you got to play in the sandbox together, right? I think that's what yeah. they're trying to say, right? And, and yeah, no, I agree with them and, and what the purpose is. The, the motivation could be, you know, could be lacking. And, and truthfully, I, you know, I, I don't like personally working from home. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I think it's, it's more distracting. I'd rather be, you know, even though I shut my door in my office and it's a quiet place, I could probably have that at home, but there's distraction. There's, yeah. there's things at home that, you know, your honeydew list or something's there that you need to go get <laughs> to. And, and it's there, it's hovering over you, but it's, you know, and that's me personally, I, I think other people can adapt to it and maybe they are more mm-hmm. productive to being at home and, and getting it done. Um, but that's, I think that's a self-awareness to, you know, piece as well. And then honestly, in the times we were now, we really don't have a choice. There's, right. you know, people have to work from home. Um, so they're going to have to, you know, they're gonna have to get themselves disciplined and, and, you know, and, and get those urges away from going to do something else. And, and, you know, and as a leader, you're just going to have to keep them accountable to mm-hmm. getting their jobs done and working done. I also see the you know, point here. I think people are actually working a little bit differently at home. I think mm-hmm. they're, they're easing they're getting the ones that are okay working from home. Maybe they're not starting as early as they typically do, but they're so flexible they're, hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Flexible hours. And I think, but I, you know, you, you know, and again, I'm, I'm on my computer a lot. And yeah. you see people working, you can tell when people are working or responding to you and people are working later hours. And yeah. Um, so the product, you know, you know, production might be even more, you know, from working from home. I just think it's a, I think it's a personal, you know, how you can, you know, how you're going to be able to work in that element or not. Yeah, it does seem very individual. And I think too, like beyond even the team leader, team members have such an important role to play when it comes to um, recognizing their peers. And I think that's where, you know, Harvard Business Review gets to when they say potential, because that's not something that kind of shocked me, potential to motivate. But I guess that's true. You have to be able to encourage each other to be like, hey, I see what you're doing. Good work. And it doesn't, that doesn't have to come from the leader. It it's almost, it's meaningful coming from the leader, but it's also super meaningful to have your peers recognize you. Yeah, it's um, very true. And, and that's sort of what we talked about earlier. It's just, you know, yeah. if you, as a, as a good leader, you can sit back and they're actually self-managing themselves or they're actually self, yeah. you know, I would say leading themselves a little bit. That's, that's part of that. And that's, the recognition is very, you know, very, um, very important uh, to come from everybody, but also, you know, I would say recognition and discipline, but also in making sure people aren't they're not doing their job too. They have to, they have to tell each other. And that's where the team health is more of an issue because they feel like they can't self-monitor themselves that way. They don't want to tell their own peers that they're not doing a great job. Uh, and, and, that, and that is the leader, that is the leader's position to jump in and make sure that's happening. But yeah, yeah. it's interesting. I think it's an interesting concept. It's, it's very true. I think there's, um, everybody needs a little bit of a pat on the back every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And it's, just, it's self-motivating and, um, you know, it's, it would be, you know, if we get to, we get the team members to do that more and more, that'd be, uh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also mentioned, you're right. You did talk about that at the beginning and, and it's funny how this is coming full circle, but, um, you did, you also mentioned that you need to have a vision, you need to have, um, goals. And so that gets to that purpose idea where everybody has to know what their purpose is and also team, team roles, that kind of thing. And I've been on teams before where we've assigned, specific team roles like you said you had one guy who was great with customers all right he's our client manager like even though that's not his position title that's what he's going to do on this team (laughs) and 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 you're right knowing your team knowing you know knowing the environment that you're in is critical in order to stay motivated whether you're virtual or not that's right that's right yeah you just gotta you gotta and again, the virtual, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to do, like we, we talked about earlier, but it's, it's back to that. It's back to the, your, 
you're in the same ship going the same way and the same common goals and, and getting them done. And, and that's really what the leader does. They have to put the vision out there. They got to put the outline out there and they have to, here's what we need to do. And there's plenty of, you know, there's always short-term goals. There's always weekly goals. There's always monthly goals. There's always quarterly and it's yearly and things like that. And it's not, um, and you got to stay disciplined and stay focused and the goals can change, but you have to, as a, you know, you have to communicate those goals consistently on, you know, almost beating over the head just to say, here, this is where yeah. we got to go. And I, and I think that's the, the leader piece of that is, 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 you know, it's very important. They're just going to have to constantly say, this is why we're doing this. And this mm-hmm. is the potential outcome and be that visionary and say, this is where I think we can get to. And mm-hmm. I think that's happening. And, and again, back to the virtual, that's got to be probably stressful and more. It's just going to have to be over communicated. Yeah. But, but everybody plays a part in, in that success for sure. It's, it's a team after all. Um, so we talked to, we talked a little bit about, well, we talked a lot about um, team leaders and on the flip side of that, the team member, do those same characteristics apply? So you said a leader needs to, um, you know, help focus the vision. They need to be self-aware, socially aware, um, need to be both be able to wrangle task and relationship, but what does the team member have to do to be successful on the team? Is it the same? Well, it's a little bit. There's there's a lot of characteristics to that. Yes, I think there's you know um, there's all quantity, you know good quality. I, I think you, to your point earlier, you have to know what your responsibilities are. Mm-hmm. You have to know very clearly what your day to day activities will be and how you do it and, and how it gets done. And I don't say that that's maybe that's too granular, but it's you have to understand what your position in is in the team to make you a very strong team member. And, and, and again, you want the team health, you want the a little bit of healthy competition, but you also want them all working in the same, you know, and understanding each other's goals. Um, yes. Some people don't want to be leaders and that's okay. Some people yeah. don't want to take that extra task, but they just, they want to be and understand their goals. And that's, that's their self reward is that they can get their jobs done every day on a weekly basis, monthly, whatever it is. And, and that piece of the team is, is moving forward. I, you know, um, and again, there's some shared qualities. Leaders are a little bit different on how they probably are a little bit more self-aware and they, they, mm-hmm. they're striving. That I mean, obviously, a, a team member should be more self-aware, but being aware of other people is really, is really probably a differentiator with the leaders. Yeah, yeah. They have to be able to manage the group as a whole, whereas the team member definitely has to be manage themselves and, and recognize the group as a whole, but they don't necessarily have to manage the other person. Yeah, and they have to manage. They have to manage the, the you know, members have to manage the relationship with the the leader as well. Like, Ooh, there's good point. Yeah, there's some there's some responsibility on you know the team member to make sure they're communicating with the leader. They have to manage manage their relationship with the leader as well. It's not just on the leader all the time. They have to they have to be aware that their their important role is to communicate backwards too. I mean, or upwards. Mm-hmm. They have to be able to. You know, if something's not going right, they, they just can't sit on their hands. They have to be outspoken and, and to make sure the leader understands it. Yeah, and that reflects back to your your initial comment that great teams are self-managing teams. So, Andy, this has been so helpful, but we, we can't close out the show without one last question, and it, it's something I like to call the curveball question. Okay, go. Um, so this one might have you thinking a little bit, but if you could choose – three other people from anyone in present day or in history to be on your life team, who would those individuals be? Oh, wow. I mean, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I mean, my life team. So define life, like life team would be, 
you know, personal, man. So if I don't, if I don't name my wife, I'm, I'm in trouble, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to name her. <laughs> yeah, you have to name her. So that's, there's one. How many do I have? Two others. Two others. I mean, wow. Anyone. It could look, be anyone. Yeah, I look at, look, I, you know, Jeff Bezos, I look at him as just a forward-thinking visionary. Mm, mm-hmm. What a cool thing that he does. I mean, I, again, there's reports back on him that maybe he's not, I mean, maybe he's not a great leader or not, but just being a visionary and thinking ahead of the box. Oh, just, yeah. Yeah, it'd just be awesome. And, you know, you go back, I'm trying to go back in history of people that are just, you know, so, I, I, you know, I go back to like a president, like an Abe Lincoln or somebody that's just so presidential that they just, Mm-hmm. You look at them and they, and, you know, and there's a lot of history with him and how he conducted himself and things like that. But the, somebody like that, that would be so stout and you look at him and you just have the confidence and, you know, and how they're going to perform and how they're going to handle themselves. Probably something like that. I don't know. If wow. That, those are actually, that's a very balanced uh, life. There you go. My, there. Wife, my, my wife was first. Though. Absolutely. And we will, we will not question that. That is for sure. She's your right hand woman. Um, <laughs> well, thank you again for joining us today. This was really, really insightful and helpful. And I just appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Andy shared some really impactful insights on conflict, communication, and virtual teaming. Topics we can all relate to on some level or another. But the question remains, what will you do with your new knowledge? How can you use it today to benefit your team? Before we get to that, let's go into our Limbach trivia. What are the elements and when were they created? Both answers can be pretty general. I'm looking for the approximate year. Send your guess to learning at limbachinc.com and if you win, you will get cash to the company store. Good luck and thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on LMB Podcast. Mm-hmm.